Hey everyone, this is Andrew with Myborn. This is the Leave Your Shoes by the Door podcast, and today I'm joined by Kathy Hall. Thanks for being here, Kathy. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. And and um, Kathy, I just want to say what's engaged me for about you was first off, I knew who you were, but when I came into my current position a few years ago, you were our real moderator. Mm-hmm. And so I got to work really closely with you then. And I got to say, I, I didn't really understand the, the prestige that the Real Academy brought. And I really appreciated how you just came in with the confidence and knowledge and, and really helped make that such a special year. And I really appreciated that. You did a great job with them, too. Well, yeah, thanks. I think I feel like uh, what you was you learn with that process. Almost like a yin and yang kind of thing. <laughs> with do. my naivety and energy and your knowledge and mm-hmm. professionalism, I feel like we made a really good tandem for that mm-hmm. year. Yep. Um, and then also, on a more personal level, I know that you're a huge fan of live music. Oh, yes. So I've always connected with you on that because I, <laughs> yep. I feel, I mean, I feel like you could like a, a band or a song so much, but if you haven't heard it live, then you haven't heard it. Yeah. I feel like that's the true I'm testament. I'm just such a freak when it comes to that creativity, I think, is what it is that really attracts me to it. Mm-hmm. And so, if, especially if they're a singer-songwriter sure. and somebody who does their own stuff, that's, I'm all in. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, and, and sometimes... I'll I'll be driving and I'll say, I can't believe you you created that song. Like, mm-hmm. what an accomplishment that you were able to just I have create like something apart. out of thin air, yeah. and it's so perfect in every way. And mm-hmm. the the verses are perfect, the chorus, the bridge, the, everything is perfect. And yeah. It's, and and then I sometimes I think like for me specifically is like a song like Everlong by the Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. It's like a perfect rock song. Yeah. And I just think, at the end of the day. At the end of your life, you can at least look back and say, at least I did that. Yeah. I made a perfect rock song that now just, <laughs> exactly. just floats. I mean, I know that sounds it's dramatic. Time, right? I know that sounds dramatic, but I'm, <laughs> no, I'm dead it's serious. True. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I had that. An right? ounce of that talent. Right? I, did. I know. Me too. I know. Me too. <laughs> so maybe we'll end up in Rockman someday. Someday. You know? <laughs> someday. So, uh, Eric Church, when's, uh, do you, I know that you just got home yeah, from one. He, big Eric actually, Church fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I guess I like. The things that I enjoy about him is that he's unique. He doesn't fit into a mold. He kind of plays to his own tune. Yeah. He is a great songwriter, which yeah. is what my first attraction to his music was. Yeah. Um, and he'll end up, I think this is the end of the tour this weekend that's coming up. So yeah. uh, this year he did something a little different. He did what they called a double down tour. So for every city that he went to, for example, if he was in Cincinnati, he did a Friday, Saturday show. Yeah. And then, so they did two nights in that town, and they kind of set up a little tent and, you know, had the hotels. And so the fans that follow him are called the Church Choir, and they are fanatics. That's the, that's the, name, that's the name of a yeah. church's fan So, club? like, when you go to his show, it's like you're going to church. You uh-huh, know? So, sure, sure. I hear you. So, yeah, they're kind of, they're a real tight-knit group. They're very passionate about, obviously, his music. But, uh, yeah, so we, we normally pick three or four times mm-hmm. to go during the year and it's normally someplace we've never been just so we get to visit the town and you know kind of enjoy the, oh, you know, the oddities of the you know, places that he tours but. Uh-huh. and didn't you get to see him at a uh, red rocks yeah. that's it. red rocks was the top that's i, I feel like that's the ultimate venue in, in the country is, is red i don't rocks. care who you like yeah. if you get an opportunity to go see him there that's the perfect place to see him red rocks yeah absolutely and doesn't he um also uh his set list isn't 
predetermined. Doesn't yeah. every night he does something differently? Changes which it is up. So rare. It is. It's so rare. Because for them, let's face it, if you're trying to remember thirty songs or whatever, yeah. I mean, it's easy to yeah. have it in a rhythm that it's the same place every night. But yeah. he, um, every tour stop, he does a different le- lineup, and then normally the town that he's in. Um, let's say if he was up in Detroit, he's going to do a Bob Seger song. Oh, sure. Whoever is the artist that's from that area. Oh, that's so cool. So he always does kind of a melody Mel- of that. Oh, that did he, does he do uh, Melon Camp? Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, he's always does something different in each town, which that's the other part of it. You know, you I I watch some of the people that are there, and I mean, some of them go to 20, 30 shows a year, sure. and it's like, oh my God. I know. I'm going to drain your bank account, number yeah. one. But, yeah, yeah. Um, so for those people that are going to every stop... I mean, it's cool. You're not seeing the same stuff every night. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I also know another thing that why a lot of bands do that is because of their light show is mm-hmm. programmed for certain songs. Everybody's going to be on their so, toes. Yeah. So you kind of, <laughs> but if, if church is going up there just winging it every night, that's, yeah. like you said, you got to be on your toes. Yeah. But that's just such a cool yeah. thing for the fans. To I be would able to, recommend everybody go see them one time. Yeah. And, and, I'll, and I'll admit, there's sometimes I'll see a band and it, and it makes me sad knowing they, they will never play this song because this song was two albums ago and it wasn't a big hit. And I'll never get to hear that song live. Right. And that, But with Eric Church, it sounds like anything. Yeah, you just roll with it. That's, <laughs> Whatever happens, a, happens. I'm you never know you. what you're getting. <laughs> yeah, that's such an exciting thing. Yeah. All <laughs> right, so a uh, very accomplished career as a realtor. I mean, that's no mystery. Former MyBoard president, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, tons of accolades. So let's just start. Why, why, why'd you become a realtor? Why real estate? Why this industry? You know, I had to make a choice, I guess, is originally what happened. So I came from another career that I did. Um, I was in an accounting atmosphere, and um, I just got bored with looking up books all the time. Yeah. You know, I love my job. I love the people. I love the company that I work for. Um, and I'd started doing showings in the evening and on the weekends to help my mom out because my mom had been a realtor. Um, but you're making a pretty steady run at it. Oh, yeah. Financially as, a, as an accountant. Yeah, I mean, and, and there were people who thought I was crazy. Yeah. It's like, why are you giving, and then that is such a great job that you've got, and the benefits, and and I, there's just something that I I knew that if I had to make a choice, and I was to that point where I was working 60 hours a week at that job, and I was doing evenings and weekends, and, you know, something's got to give. Yeah. And so at that point, I had to choose, you know, which one is the one that really is fulfilling me. Yeah. And even though I love the company that I work for, and it was very comfortable, um, I knew there was just something that was different about real estate and what difference I could make, maybe. Yeah. Um, I never thought I would do it, though. So I mean, you, as a kid. You're saying uh, family was in real estate, though? Yeah. Mom, and was mom saying... Because we, we mentioned before we started recording that you kind of watched your mom and you right. didn't you didn't you, you you didn't like that idea of working nights <laughs> yeah. well so I what, knew what how much kind of, she worked yeah sure you sure. know so yeah. there was and uh, you were always on somebody else's schedule yeah you know I crack up because I a lot of times people will say that about real estate it's like well that's gonna be really cool you can kind of set your own hours I'm yeah like, when you're in service business yeah you are not setting your own hours somebody else is setting yours yeah and yes can you modify it can you say well I've got something at three let's make it five Yes, at some level. Yeah. But if you're not putting them first, you're not going to be in this business very long. Well, and and I, I always say that I feel like realtors are a special type of breed, and I feel like this is one of those moments because I think a lot of people's personal and work style is black and white. Mm-hmm. Eight to five, I'm officially a, a, a worker. 501, I put the phone down, put the emails away, and I pers- realtors don't get that luxury. It's more of a gray, anytime is go time kind of lifestyle. But I think that you like that though, right? That's the appeal, I think, to some of it, is that it's not structured. It's not the same thing every day. 
Um, even talking about church's music is probably the same thing. Absolutely. Because it's, it's not the same thing every new day. New set list every day. Yeah, new set list every day. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to perform and sure. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. Um, and I don't know who's going to need what. And so yeah. there's a beauty to that that you don't... I, I never quit learning. I never get bored with what I do, ever. Yeah. And so that's part of it that I think was the intrigue that kind of pulled me in that I didn't expect to have happen. Sure. Um, I, I liked the housing industry and that kind of stuff. And I, the company I worked for was in construction. Mm -hmm. So I saw the, the back end of it. Um, but it, just what people could do with houses and how they look different. And I don't know, that just was the appeal to me. And then ultimately just because these people are making a life decision and you could tell that it was a big struggle for how do I, how do I decide? Yeah. And so getting those pieces together for them became the intrigue to me to have how to, Help them financially figure it out. Because back in the day, we used to carry a calculator and we used to oh, figure sure. their payments and sure. how much money they were going to need. And, yeah. you know, now we kind of, you know, set that off to our partners in the finance world and say, you tell me yeah. where they're going to go. But back in the day, we used to figure all that. One-stop shop. Yeah. yeah. And so we would, you know, figure all that out and say, okay, well, based on what you're telling me you want to spend and how much money you've got to work with, here's the kind of financing we're going to look at doing. And so it was totally different. You were a, a whole package for them. Yeah. And not that we still aren't, but we now separate those packages out and deliver you know, those components to somebody else most yeah. of the time. But yeah, it, it was, that was the intrigue to me. So while you're talking, I cannot help but can compare this to the, the stark contrast between an accountant. Oh, and, yeah. and a, I mean, it's everything you're saying, everything you're saying, you don't have to worry about that if you're an accountant or if flip side, if you're an accountant, you don't get any of that excitement or any of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, accountant is, you know, literally by the numbers. I oh, mean, yeah. it, it is, everything is expected, give and take and, and there's no, I mean, it, it is whatever it is. There's no gray in that. Yeah. And so I think that was the diverse part of it. Because so, when I thought, when I was growing up, what I was going to do was I was either going to be a lawyer, I was going to be an accountant, or I was going to be an educator. Sure. Are the three things that I really felt like when you do your, um, what is it, the testing that they do to tell you, you know, what your when you're enrichment 17. testings are. Yeah, 17. <laughs> they, you think you know what you want, right? Yeah, right. Which you never do. No. Um, but looking back now, it's funny because my major when I went to college um, was poli sci and sure, accounting. Sure. And it's like, okay, I get all of that in real estate. I get to, you know, have a little taste of all those little things. Yeah. And obviously you have to understand financing. You have to understand, you know, how it's going to work and, and how you structure things. Yeah. And so to me, I got it all with yeah. this career and not thinking that was what it was. Well, and I, and I think just to build on what you just said, you majored in what, poli sci and then accounting. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and I feel like when you're 17 or 18, you're making these decisions, you said, well, professionally, I can be an accountant, but personally, I'm into political uh -huh. science, and I love that idea, so you kind of got to do both, and then you become an accountant where you are that black and white. You know, during the day, you're an accountant, numbers, 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 and then probably on the way home, you're, like, watching the History Channel <laughs> and, you know, just into that kind of yeah. poli cycle. I was the weird one that I enjoyed history and Absolutely. I enjoyed government and uh -huh. all that, where mm -hmm. all my friends, were like, you know, they were the writers and you know, the ones who enjoyed the math or whatever, but I always loved the history part of it. Yeah. yeah. And so, but now you're a realtor where you, you get to combine mm -hmm. both of those kind of interests into, to, yeah. Cause I feel like that's, what's so wonderful about our industry is you, you, you get to bring a, a level of passion that mm -hmm. not only makes the, the, the work rewarding, but it also helps you be successful. Right. You know, the more passion you have, the more you're willing to, to double down and, and really give the more you get back. Yeah. I, and I that's feel like 100%. that's a, a strong allure to this, uh -huh. industry. Yeah, because at some time you, you can't be all about you. You know, I mean, yeah. I think a lot of times that you can get center focused and if that happens, then 
I think you get off track. And yeah. so you sometimes have to have that, you know, whether it's you're looking at year end doing goal setting, I think you also have to do some mental setting, sure. you know, to start over and get refreshed. And because even though you are providing those services, it also is a drain on you a lot of times oh, yeah. because you feel everything that your client feels. So yeah. if they're going through something that's heart wrenching or emotional or whatever it, you do too. I mean, you can't just wash your hands up and say, okay, that was today's day and, you know, it's not going to affect me tomorrow. Of course it is. Yeah. You know, because a lot of things that we get put into people's lives a lot of times for good and bad situations. So they sure. may be dealing with the death of a parent or, a you know, a separation of a family or any of those kind of things that yeah. we get thrown into. So I said the other psychological side of that is that you've got to have that compassion and that psychology to, to hear what people are saying to you when they're going through that struggle. Well, and... Every month we do new member orientation, and I always say to the, the room full of brand new realtors, you know, when you're re working with a client who is making the biggest financial decision of their life at that point, I mean, I can't imagine all the drama and emotion and just everything that comes with that because you kind of feel like, I, you know, I bought my first home a few years ago, you kind of feel like my whole life has been culminating to this moment. Mm -hmm. When you're sitting down trying to get approved for a loan, my wife and I, I feel like all of our financial history is just laid out and you're, you're finally like, do I get to go over this hump to, to home ownership? And that's the ultimate goal, right? Is home right. ownership. And so, yeah, I mean, emotions run high. <laughs> Very you know? high. So then you throw another wrench in there of uh, divorce. Oh, by the way, or, yeah. we need, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, we, we're on a strict timeline where we need to do this or this or I got a new job here and I need to be, you know, I just can't. Yeah, the reload clients are totally different. <laughs> You know, because they, they've they got to make decisions normally. You're going to have them for a weekend when they come into town. You're selling them on your city and what's there and, you know, what things that they're going to want to do with their family when they come. Sure. Plus trying to find them a house. Sure. And so it's it's a struggle because a lot of times you got to figure out whether the spouse that's coming or the significant other that's coming is interested in coming or not. Yeah. Because a lot of times they'll, they'll discount the house when they're really discounting the move. Yeah, right. And so a lot of times they're saying... I don't want to leave mm -hmm. sunny California mm -hmm. or, you know, wherever it is they're coming from. So it's, you got to start listening to what they're saying to you about why are they eliminating those homes? Sure. Because a lot kind of times of it's between not, the lines yeah, kind of it's not, yeah. it's a, it's almost a game yeah. you know, that you have to play with yourself. Uh -huh. Like I am going to figure out what it is that's not settling with these people. And then you, you finally get it that it's, you know, sometimes it's just that they don't want to make the move. Sure. So you, some, you just have to ask that question sometimes. Yeah. How, how is this move going to be for you? Is this something you're looking forward to? I ask them anymore just because I've had so much experience yeah. with that trailing spouse yep. not wanting to make the move. And so they're making it more difficult. And obviously our job, if we're working with the relocation company, is to get those people settled and in and comfortable so they can start being productive for their company. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to do sometimes when you've got a family who is struggling making the move. Sure. Yep. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break so that we can hear from the MyBoard updates. Hello, everyone. This is Jamie Barb with the MyBoard update. Registration for the new MyBoard Master Professionalism Certification Program is now open. The first boot camp will take place the week of February 24th. Seats are limited. Register and learn more at myboard.com slash mpro. Planning to attend the Indianapolis Home Show January 17th through 26th? Use code MYBOR to save $3 on your ticket. Check out our latest Realtor Weekly for more information. MYBOR recently launched our video series, Behind the Scenes with Julie and Jenny. This series gives an inside look of our newly remodeled building and all the work that comes out of each department. 
visit our Facebook page to check it out. And that's all for today on the MyBoard Update. And now back to our interview with Kathy Hall. So let's go back. You get your real estate license. You you become a realtor. Are you just successful right out of the gate? What what what's what what was your niche? What was your angle? What what how did you uh, establish yourself? Gosh, I came in the business in '91, okay. and so what I started doing right off the bat was holding brokers open. So we mm -hmm. had new construction in our area and um, custom builders. And the broker that I worked for um, had a builder that he had worked with for years, and so he had was that point in his career that he didn't want to do Sunday open houses. Yep. Like, go do them. And so I was there every weekend. Yeah. I'll do it. I was like, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do, it. do it. Yep. So I got a lot of traffic through open houses, you know, a lot of customers to work with. They obviously all had to, we, the financing we had back then wasn't like, well, I'm just going to wait and build that house and sell mine later. Sure. Everybody had to sell a house in yeah. order to buy a house. Yeah. Um, so that's where I got my book of business to start with. Um, and then, so a lot of them were, you know, buyers just starting in the market, hadn't probably ever looked at houses. So I what got area, a, What area are we talking here? I'm east side of Indianapolis. I'm Hancock County area. Mm -hmm. I also deal with Rush and Shelby sure. and um, 90, Madison County. So 91, what kind of market are we looking at out there in Hancock? I know nowadays <laughs> Hancock's about to really step yeah, up. Yeah, we've, we've had a lot maybe. of growth. Yeah. Um, 91, I'm trying to even remember price points. I think back in the day, I was showing houses that were probably upper end my high range was probably eighty nine nine. No kidding. Yeah, I mean wow. it wasn't it wasn't like it is now. Sure, sure. Um, and then of course the market that's just east of me is a little bit less in value sure. price wise. Sure. So yeah, my average sales price probably that first couple of years was probably seventy or eighty. Sure. Okay. You know, so it was crazy. Yeah, but you're just happy to get a start. I mean, oh yeah, I was just rolling. Yeah, yeah absolutely. didn't care. Yeah. And I remember my my first closing was in a in a town in Fortville, which is just on the other side of where I live. And it was a guy that I work with that, at the current company that I was at on the when I did the accounting work, and uh, it was his aunt that was selling. Okay. And so you know, my first client's like an eighty-year-old lady that's uh -huh. selling the house that she's lived in her entire life, and the attachment is huge. Oh, I you know, there is nothing wrong with her house. Yeah. And so that every was, single item in the house has a story. And it yeah, did. It, just, it did, and it yeah. was a wonderful home. It really was. Yeah. But um, it, it's funny all those people that I remember along the way because those are the ones that probably taught me a lot very early yeah. with those first couple transactions, oh, yeah. you know, so. So that Rushville, was that, was that, I always like to think that moment that every realtor has where you, you have that, that closing or that, that amount of success where you're driving home going, I can, I, I can make a career out of this. Yeah. I, I can actually see myself, you know, feeding family, mm -hmm. putting food on the table, putting a roof over my head by doing this. Yeah, and I think this that trade. probably took me, because I had had so much skepticism from other people saying, I can't believe you're doing this kind of stuff. Who are, who are these people? Is this your family or is this, <laughs> no, uh, this former co-workers? Just friends. Co-workers, co sure, friends, sure, sure. you know, that knew the company that I worked for and knew the job that I had. And yeah, so they were yeah. like, wow. You know, so everybody was, I, maybe I just have a lot of conservative friends. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just, I had a lot of naysayers, I guess, or people that didn't think that it was a smart move. and. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know, but um, it was. It was a choice I had to make. So I would say probably a year and a half into the business, I knew it was the right choice. This it was is good. Yeah, I I'm happy. So then I gave up the other job, mm -hmm. you know, because I did keep the other job oh, for a while. Both? I did full full time. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. 
So I got no sleep. No, <laughs> I know. I'm like trying to do the math in my head. I mean, you had to just been. On. I would go in sometimes to my other job at seven o'clock in the morning, and I would leave at seven or eight o'clock sure, at night. Sure. And then I would spend, you know, the evening. I'd show two or three clients in the evening, and then all weekend. Yeah. And then start it all over again. And we're not talking cell phones, so you weren't able to no. kind of do double duty. I mean, <laughs> you're not. On, have, you know. And we didn't have lock boxes. Sure. So we used to have to. You spend a day going to pick keys up. Mm -hmm. You'd show a house the next day, and then you take the keys back. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. You're not even like producing at the time. You're no. just tying up loose ends. Like, <laughs> yeah. moving keys from A to B is not selling houses. Yeah, it's just... like, it was nuts. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, looking, and you know, I remember we had a fax machine, mm -hmm. you know, that you put the, the handle on the top of the machine to send your data for the corporate. So, like, I work for a franchise. Yeah. And so, we had to submit our data over this phone line. Yeah. I look at all that now, and it's like, oh my God. I remember when I got my first fax machine. I remember when I got my first cell phone. You know, it's just, it's nuts. Yeah. All the things that have changed. So that's why I embrace all that technology because oh, I, it makes our life so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so we're not talking a BLC. No. Uh, it was this in 91, was this the time, I forget, like one star or on, where it was like software yes. that you plugged into your computer that would then upload, like, did you have that or was this strictly full yeah. paper at this point? We, we still had books. Yeah. Um, and we did what they called hemigers. So we would like type up little sheets of information about the house that we had listed and we would take them to each of the offices and pass them out Sure. and, and drop them off. Sure. You know, so we drop them off for the agents in the offices. Yeah. And then we went to, it looked like a suction cup was what it looked like and you would put a phone on it and you would transmit over that. So I'm trying to think the Boris system. I don't even know what the name of it was uh -huh. back then. Uh -huh. um, but archaic, obviously. Oh, sure, sure. Now, now that you, I mean, back then you didn't know any better. No. That was the best you had. I, I mean, was you, great. You worked with you what know, you I got. remember the fax machine when the yeah. you know first offer came over on a fax machine. Because you always used to deliver it in triplicate. Yeah. And you delivered the check with it and mm -hmm. you'd go find the agent wherever they were and get them the offer. Well, I think that's always such a fun idea is when someone says, I don't know how they did it back then without cell phones or without this. They didn't know. They, it didn't exist, so you just worked with what you had. You just had. did it because you knew you had to. I mean, you know 20 years from now, we're going to go, I don't know how you... We just did it. I don't know. Like, you just do it. And yeah. You, uh, yeah, you don't know that this technology is about to happen, so you just work with what you got. Well, and, and honestly, think about the things that had to happen. You had to have a relationship with that other agent to go find them, sure. to deliver them your offer. Yeah. And they wanted to have to work with you for yeah. them to take your offer. Yeah. And so you had to work with those other people maybe a lot more diligently than you do now. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's part of the thing that's dying a little bit in the industry is that pick the phone up, have a conversation. Don't just text or email. Yeah. Call them. Talk to them on the phone. They yeah. don't know who you are. Yeah. And so if, if they have some identity with who that person is that they're working with, it's a little easier for that transaction to move from, you know, beginning to end, too. A hundred percent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you have a, a an existing relationship and you can kind of... They know what to expect from you. Yeah. yeah, it just yeah. makes it that much easier. Absolutely. Getting through that wall of communication right off the gate goes, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you, though. If it's, you know, Christmas Eve and you're talking to a client, you hang up the phone, you go, I wish I was just an accountant and I could just have the night off and just be sitting around a fire watching movies. or I mean, do you ever no. entertain the idea that, uh, you know, I could just be... I, no, and you'll you know get I mean? them. And I tell you, there's four times a day or four times a year I don't, my phone isn't ever even on. Oh, so you just don't even. I do not have it on. It's yeah. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Easter. Eric Church concert. <laughs> well, Eric Church, <laughs> I still have them on. <laughs> they may not get me, but um, but I, there are days I just do not turn them on. And have sure. I had people call me? Yes. Um, and it's normally family or you know somebody that 
they think, oh, it's Kathy, she'll go yeah. show us. And I'm like, no, I am not showing house. And you know, that's something that I, I feel like of all the, the realtors I get to encounter with, it's, it, it is a, a, a line you have to walk. Because I know that if you just make yourself available to everyone at all times, you can find yourself being burnt out and just absolutely lose track of your own personal time. And so, do, I mean, do you, is that, has that always been a principle of yours or is that something you kind of established as your career was going on? Like, I need to make sure that, you know, I, I turn off the realtor and I'm just Kathy Hall. Yeah. Burnout happened probably year five. Okay. Yeah. Because I knew, I sure. mean, I was going nonstop. I can't do this for I can't do this 20 anymore. years. I, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm going to be an old especially lady with lots of wrinkles. <laughs> especially when the cell phone comes along. Oh, yeah. Because like it changed everything. In. And yeah. you were so exposed to anybody who, you know, who wanted to talk to you. And, and that was okay. I mean, that's obviously what you're doing is building relationships. But yeah. there is some time that you have got to give yourself away from it. Or you will have that burnout, or yeah. you'll just not do a good job, and you'll not. You got to recharge your batteries at some point. Yeah. And so um, I do that in different ways, I'm sure, than everybody else. But yeah. um, I am good at being able to get refocused and energized pretty quickly. Yeah. I just maybe that I just need a weekend away. Sure. Um, and then I started making some boundaries, you know, back in the day. Um, that I wouldn't work every weekend. Yeah. I, I would maybe do it every other weekend. Yeah. Um, that I was showing houses or having an open house. Um, and then you fit all the rest of the pieces in then you need to. But I, I had to learn because you could go nonstop. Oh, yeah. And so you have to tell yourself, I, you're, you're going to do this and die at a young age. Yeah. You know? So, oh, yeah. So don't do this. And I mean, especially nowadays. Especially mm -hmm. when it's just everybody's plugged in all the time. Yeah. You I have mean, to unplug. I mean, even cell phone, it's like... Well, I only get free nights and weekends. You know, yeah. every minute costs five dollars, so I gotta, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> exactly. be conscious. That now it's just like yeah. the thing's been blown wide open. You yeah, and that's the one thing I will say that I think some of the newer agents in the business have learned quickly mm -hmm. is that their health and other things make them a better rounded person. Yeah. So that you know, we were maybe overly exposed and did too much, sure. and so I would say this last generation of realtors that's come behind me have learned that they have to have that yeah. quicker than maybe I did. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what um, what was your inspiration during your, your your early stages? Did you listen to anything or read anything? Or was your mother an, an inspiring figure? Very. You know, what, what, and not just being a realtor, but just you. Just getting, getting you that confidence to make that switch from steady paycheck of accounting to going over to your, your inspiration. Was it uh, some sort of media? Uh, you know, uh, it could be a blog, it could be a book, it could be just anything that kind of gave you that confidence, made you sure that you were doing the right thing. And, you know, what what, what were you listening to driving from listening or when you were getting uh, we off at 7 o'clock at night yeah. to, to move keys? We had keys. tapes and stuff back sure. then, too. So we listened to audio tapes and stuff. And I remember anything I could get my hands on, I read. Um, so Anything, I, any... Yeah, any anything. motivational things, any things about hints or helpful tips and those kind of things. There's nobody I think that I really could say that was the one person that... that just really stood out? Uh, yeah, because I, I kind of did a mix of different stuff. And I felt like in my market, at least where I was, I was one of the younger agents in that market. So it was a job in my town or my area of where I was that most people were older. Yeah. Because it, you know, they, that's just, it was more established business. Sure. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of women um, and, and a lot of people in the business were older. Sure. So my niche was being different. And you know what? I, cause I remember my first couple listing appointments, um, you know, they always, 
I'm sure the other agents were saying, you know, I've got an inventory of 25 houses and blah, blah, blah. And I was selling energy was what I was selling. Oh, sure, sure. It's like, look, yeah. you are my only listing. You are going to get 24 hours of my, you know, 24 seven of my time uh -huh. and, and my energy and my yep. effort. And I'm going to give you, I may not know everything, but I will not be afraid to ask yeah. or go to a resource and find it. Yeah. And so I was selling that part of not having the full book of business because that's not, I worked with a lot of buyers and sellers, but yeah. I didn't have, at the time, when I was first starting the business, a lot of listing inventory. Well, and I feel like that approach was successful in 1991, and I think that approach would be successful in 2019, because in 2019, all the information's out. Everybody's mm -hmm. an expert. Everybody has access to the internet where you can find out tax records and everything. So showing that personal, I work for you, and I'm going to do everything I can to, to achieve what we collectively wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I think that would that would translate just as well in 1991 as it would in 2019. Yeah, I still train my new agents that sure, way. Sure, sure. You know what? The thing that you've got to teach more than anything else is that you are 100% into what their need is. Yeah. And so it's it's all about personal service and yeah. what you can do for them. And so that's no different then than, than it is now. Yeah, yeah. No, not at all. So... 2019, I'm not very good at math. 1991 to 2019, how long you been in the industry? How long you been in the ring? 28, 29, uh, I, I don't even know anymore. Yeah. I don't calculate anymore. <laughs> Isn't that awful? <laughs> it's 28, I think. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so how do you define success? How do you, how do you look back on your career or look at where you are today and define your success? You know, I think you go back through and look at the people that you've touched or the people that are, you know, this time of the year, you know, obviously you're doing extra things where you may do a quarterly marketing piece or whatever this, you know, you're sending out Christmas cards and then sure. so looking at that list and thinking about, Oh my God, these are, this is the fourth generation now, or this mm -hmm. is the third generation of this family that I sold a house to. Yeah. You know, those, I suppose going back, I said, I sometimes could not remember to turn on the right road driving home, mm -hmm. but I could tell you a lot about every house. Mm -hmm. that I've ever sold mm -hmm. and, and the people that were in it and you know where the fireplace was where the kitchen was whatever there's just there's a part of your brain that just develops differently once you become a realtor sure. that it's like oh no I remember the house on Cherry Street <laughs> that's the one that had the really weird cabinets that had you know and you can't yeah. help you can't stop it sometimes yeah, and it's yeah. bad yeah um, but that's this is the time of year I think that you get to be thankful and grateful for all the people that yeah. you have been, I've got some really good friends yeah. out of this business that are still friends today yeah. that maybe just called and wanted to look at a house with me and then, you know, hit it off and we were great friends. And so, you know, those relationships are probably the most rewarding of all those because you gained a friendship out of it mm -hmm. as well as enjoying what you were doing with those folks. And that goes right back into that professional satisfaction and personal satisfaction yeah. of being able to not only be successful as a realtor, buying or selling the house but that relationship that you formed with that person yeah it's it, and there's i mean there's some people that i mean i've sold six seven eight houses for you know and there's sure. that's just you know it's weird you know and, and i'm sure it's i'm sure it's it's really touching too to see like that that husband and wife are having oh, yeah. a new child now they, they got that, kids yeah, now and yeah. it's like oh yeah it's crazy and you're just kind of running parallel with them as they grow and evolve as a family and then, and then the they call when they and... say that hey we need to start looking for something else whatever it is and then they walk in with the kids and it's like oh my gosh mm -hmm. i remember you when you were like yeah you know and it's it's nuts yeah, you know? and, and then and to have those kids now calling me is sure, even worse sure. <laughs> so it's like that tells me there's going to be more you know gray hair color coming along, and, I, so. and i'm just kind of like living through you right now because i just feel like it'd be a really you know nice touch of 
oh, and Kathy, we're going to need a basketball goal because Johnny's going to trout for the basketball team. Yeah. You know, and just like, yeah, of you course. You become very, yeah. very involved with yeah. people you do. Yeah. And, that, and that's the cool part about it, too, I think, you know. They know, I think, eccentrically that you are you care for them and that you're going to do the best for them, but also that you are probably part of their family for sure. a lot of... Yeah. And I said, we always go through withdrawal, and people don't understand that. It's like, you know, 45 days later after they've closed on their home, it's like, God, I haven't talked to Beth mm-hmm. and John since mm-hmm. when? And sure, it's, sure. You know, so sometimes we'll just pick up the phone and call them and say, okay, you're not getting your daily dose of me, and I know you're uh-huh. not, but, but uh-huh. I have got to talk to you, so how have you sure. guys been? Sure, Because you get so involved in everything they're doing. And I and I, I'm just gonna go right back. You're not getting that if you're an accountant. No, I'm not. You're a desk <laughs> under a mountain of paperwork. You're not. You're just not getting no. that that human fulfillment of interaction. Yeah. No. And it's funny that you say that because once again, I you know I just have these same buzzwords that I say at New Member Orientation. I would say that this is an industry of relationships. Get to know everybody at your table. Get to know the sponsor at lunch. But th- what you're saying is a whole new angle, and that's the relationships between. Realtor and client. I mean, I, I don't even think of that when I'm talking about it. I just God, say that's the most important get to know point. your. Yeah. I, and that's. I mean, that just shows uh-huh. me because I'm on the outside looking in. You know, I'm, I'm not yeah. a realtor, and that's an interesting. Uh, I mean, so when you say relationships, it's 360 degrees. It's absolutely, and I think you you develop or you learn that too because that's the other part of me that wasn't who I was now that mm-hmm. I was back then. Mm-hmm. Because when I was, we do this testing like we do with real. You know, and you figure out how your personality is made, how you hear things, how you speak things, and those kind of things. And how I spoke and what I heard was totally different back in the start of my career sure. than it is now. Sure. So I was really an introvert when I first started. And because I had that accounting background Thanks. and that everything's got to balance, everything's got to be a certain way yeah. and fit in a certain mold. And so I was very extroverted mm-hmm. in my delivery about stuff. Mm-hmm. Um you in this business, my mom used to tell me years ago, and I never believed it. It's you become a chameleon. You learn oh. to be wherever you're at and yeah. what you're around, yeah. and you'll be a different person in this business. So yeah. I have totally changed from being an extrovert to or an introvert to an extrovert, yeah. because you're forced to. Now, with that being said, if somebody you're you're driving to a listing or an open house with a client in the car. You turn on Eric Church and they say, this guy stinks, he's not very good. Are you a chameleon that you agree with him? Or are you going to hold your ground and say, no, 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 you're wrong. Eric Church is a fine artist. I would probably say, I'll turn it to whatever you want to listen to, but I will respectfully disagree with you. <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. I'll change it. But I'll change it but for you. you're wrong. It's important that yeah, you know that. Exactly. <laughs> I would have to probably, at this point in my career in life, I would have to Probably say, I'm sorry, but I disagree. Sure. But what would you like to listen to? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Kathy, uh, thank you so much for being here today. You're really, welcome. Thank you. Such, a, such a, a, a goal to get you on here, so I really appreciate you being here. Sure.